Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast. This week's theme is Turn Your Setback into a Comeback, featuring Steve Madden. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. I can't front. We started this in September, and I'm on my Jay-Z like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. So many great guests. You guys are checking out the column each Thursday. You're downloading the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. Leave a comment. Five stars. Who do you want to see on the show? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Renaissance Men. Each Thursday. New York Post. This week's theme, turn your setback into a comeback. Over the last 12 months, I got exposed to a few terms that weren't initially a part of my vocabulary. Pandemic. I knew it existed. It was in a dictionary, but it wasn't a part of our lexicon. How about coronavirus, COVID-19? Who knew we would be wearing masks? to go to the supermarket, that there will be a period of time without sports. But once they came back, I saw greatness. We're going to talk about who the GOAT is. Did you know LeBron James came from a single-parent home? Did you know when he was in middle school, he lived in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten residences? That's considered homeless. Yet he overcame. His mother, Gloria, took him to practice, took him to games, was right there for him. She told him, you have what it takes to be an all-time great. She believed in him. She had her hard times. She was a single mother. I know because I had one. LeBron James turned his setback into a comeback. When we talk about who's the GOAT, he's in the conversation. How about Tom Brady? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. I want you right now to Google my fellow Michigan Wolverines combine video. He was a six-round pick. When you see this video, he shouldn't have got drafted. Tom Brady... Look like a soccer dad that ain't worked out in years that was running uphill on his pro day. The New England Patriots took a chance and they drafted him. Drew Bledsoe got injured and then the Wolverine got his chance. One Super Bowl, two Super Bowls, three Super Bowls. He wasn't finished. Four Super Bowls, five Super Bowls, six Super Bowls. New England thinks he's done. They don't want to pay him for a few more years. So you know what he did? 
he turned his setback into a comeback. He left New England. How do you win six Super Bowls and leave a team? As the quarterback, Tom Brady did that. He went to Tampa Bay. And all of a sudden, Tom Brady is beating Patrick Mahomes for seventh Super Bowl championship. Don't judge the result. Appreciate the journey because Tom Brady's in the GOAT conversation. Tom Brady turned his setback into a comeback. You can too. And our next guest has had his own setbacks, but they've led to comebacks. And up next, Steve Madden. Welcome to this week's Renaissance Man. And I'm always going to bring on people that have a story to tell. And this next guest has a depth of knowledge, wisdom, is extremely creative and talented, a veteran in the shoe game. Please welcome Steve Madden to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate the love. Thank you for joining. Yes. How did you come up with the idea that you would start your own shoe company? Yeah, it's a good question. Interesting question. But I want to say that, you know, I, I worked for other, in my 20s, I worked for a, another shoe company and I did everything that you could do. I sold, I designed, I packed shoes in boxes. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, do something. And I didn't care how small it was, but I wanted it to be my vision completely. And uh, actually at the time thought that, frankly, I would take a pay cut to do it. No, not just on day one. I actually thought, you know, I could make a lot of money working for somebody, but I just wanted to create everything. You know, this is what I wanted Mm -hmm. to do. So it was more of an ego thing than a money thing. Let's talk about that because I normally use the term irrational confidence to describe my career. Mm -hmm. Because I tell young people, I actually sat in a locker room one day and told myself, Michael Jordan ain't got nothing on you. (laughs) You about to go make a name for yourself against him. So tell me how healthy your ego has now allowed you the success and the journey that you've been able to to secure. Well, you know, that, that was a, that's quite a thing you told yourself because, I mean, you're talking about the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. But I felt uh, that, you know, I had a passion to make shoes that girls wanted. And I didn't think that I was the greatest of all time, but I thought that I, I was good and I, and I cared about it. Like it was something, it was bigger than money. I wanted to win. You know, I, I wanted to, I actually... My goal is to make shoes for every girl in the world. Like that would be like that would be like my fantasy. Like I used to fantasize about other shoe companies like going out of business and I'd be the only one left. You know, but um sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith, you know. Jalen, I'll tell you one thing. But when I started, I had butterflies in my stomach. Please tell me. Yeah, no, I did. I I don't want to think I don't want anybody to think you do this and you know, but I had, I remember when I started out, like I'd, I'd have butterflies. I'd wake up and say, oh, 
because I was used to working for a big company, you know, and I'd be nerd. Like, what was that? What is that feeling? What is that? You know, and I, and I talked to myself, I said, just do, you know, what you do, like, which is just focus on making great shoes and everything is going to fall into place. Like everything will just fall into place. And I was right. It did. Cause I focused on that one thing. As an expert and a longtime veteran of the industry, a lot of people see different things when we look down at someone's feet. What do you see when you see shoes? Okay. So I have a lot of different answers, but I will say that I do this for a living now. I take pride in the fact that I, through my skill, I put food on the table, I clothe my children, you know, I pay the rent. I do this and I'm proud of that. And, and you know, I'm proud of that fact. Like, this is what I do, you know, and I do this for a living, just like a guy who goes off and is a fireman or a plumber, you know, I make shoes for people. And so that's what I think about. Not to make it so commercial. I'd like to tell you that I'm thinking about, you know, poetry and hearing music. And, but really, you know, I do it for a living. And so I'm proud of that, actually. What were your thoughts and how did your family and friends and business partners respond when Jay-Z mentioned you and his lyric by saying, fake Manolo boots by Steve Very good. You did your homework, J-Rose. You did your homework. So I just told my kids about that and they didn't believe me. So I was in prison when that happened. I was in federal prison and it was fantastic. It was, I was like, you know, I'm, I'd be with all the guys, you know, and <laughs> in the rec yard and I'd be, you know, uh, you know, JC just rapped about me and sure enough, boom. And, you know, I became an honorary brother at that moment. So it was kind of, it was cool. Yeah. To be name checked by a goat like Jay-Z. Yes. I'm pretty sure that was a lot of cred in the yard. Yes, it was quite good. Yes, it was very good. You enjoy, as you mentioned, making women's shoes. What celebrity or famous person that you saw wearing your shoes that you were like, you know what? I'm, I've arrived. I really uh, enjoyed when they we closed our Georgetown store for the Obama children. Mm. That really made me feel great. Mm. It was really, uh, really awesome. So I knew that, you know, all the kids grow up with my shoes, you know, but that was like, cool. You know, everybody wears our shoes and uh, I get a kick out of, uh, you know, just like walking around and seeing it. And, you know, like when I met with Lady Gaga, you know, maybe 10 years ago or something, and I offered her like, let's do something together. And, you know, I said, you know, you're Lady Gaga. And she said, no, you're Steve Madden. <laughs> and I couldn't even go to like, if I, you weren't even cool in high school if you didn't wear, you know, she went to Sacred Heart here in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And you weren't cool unless you wore Steve Madden. So I didn't really get that perspective from the other side. And she was exploding at the time. So that was kind of cool to get that feedback. But, you know, we worked with a lot of people, but really... The coolest thing is just to be walking the streets and seeing it. It really is. You'll appreciate this. The theme for this episode is turn your setback into a comeback. 
You've been upfront about your life story. What about your greatest setback? And what did that experience teach you to bring you to where you are today? So, well, you know, being incarcerated was, was terrible. And, you know, I tried to, you know, I tried to make sense of it, you know, and I went to prison and then I never, I was guilty, you know, I was a financial crime and I was guilty and I made no bones about it. I might've been the only guy in the prison that admitted he was guilty. Everybody in prison is in, <laughs> by the way, everybody. <laughs> but, you know, I said like, what am I going to do? I got to, you know, so I started uh, working out. That was the first thing. And, and walking. It was because it's, it's so awful prison, you know, whatever you think it's even more awful than you can imagine. And it's not so much the incarceration because, you know, human beings, you get in a routine and you can survive it, you know, had some laughs with guys, you know, whatever. But it's the heartbreak that knowing that the world is going on outside and the people you love are out there doing, you know, living their life and you're in the same bed every night, you can't leave. And, it, you know, the world is moving and you feel dead. A part of you feels dead. So, and it's just so, I remember like visiting, people would come to visit me and then they would leave out of one door and then I'd walk back to my cell, you know, and it was like, oh God, it was just crushing, you know, but try to stay positive, you know, mental, physically and spiritually and, uh, and not whine a lot, sort of accept accepted and then and then so stayed sharp kept moving and working out and reading and and helping other guys and that's the spiritual part and uh, you know I was ready to when I got out I was ready to go you know ready for the second chance because I had built a great team and you know because I knew I was going away you know so when I came back we just exploded. What did you learn about the prison system that would shock people in the outside world? Well, mostly they're warehousing African-American people. Mm. The drug laws are totally unfair and Spanish people. And because that's what's mostly in uh, the low medium prisons, what they call low security, medium and stuff like that. It's all drugs. It's mostly drugs. I mean, prisons would be empty without drugs. I'm not talking about, you know, the penitentiary because it wasn't in the penitentiary, but they're just, just throwing the book at young kids, just such massive amounts of time. And just, it's, it's, it's a sin. I mean, the, the amounts are big. It's not like a year. Guys are getting like 20 years, 10 years, you know, it's just destroying lives. You know, and defending defending drug dealers and people that break the law is not popular. It's not like a, you know, like a winning thing. Mm -hmm. But the truth is we're destroying communities and it just, you know, we need to do something better than that. It's just, just crazy what's going on. You recently released your memoir. Congratulations. Yeah. And I appreciate you guys sending me a copy. Thanks yeah. for the love. You better read it. It's going to be a quiz later. I got you. I'm going to represent. The memoir is called The Cobbler. Yes, what sir. What did you learn about yourself from writing this book? I learned uh, 
you know, not to be so hard on myself. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I have to think about that. Maybe be harder on myself. I'm not sure. One or the other. So what do you want readers to walk away with from this book? Well, the one thing that I've been criticized in the book, you know, people would say, you know, they would say that I didn't say I was special enough. Like I kind of was like, because for me, I think the message of the book was I was just a regular guy. You know, I'm just like a regular goofy guy, like growing up, you know, watching Willis Reed. I mean, you know what I mean? Like just a regular guy wasn't brilliant, but I, I did have a passion. I did love what I, I loved my occupation. I did. And I, I was uh, very passionate and I worked a lot of hours and gave a lot of myself to it. And, you know, I guess that's it. Maybe, you know, I just, the one thing people are always asking me, like, when did you get started? Like, what did you do? And like, I loved what I did. I loved it. And that's really the biggest thing. And the other thing is I did every job. So, you know, I didn't start, you know, in my own business. I worked in a shoe store. I swept the basement. I put shoes away. I sold ladies shoes, got tortured by women and still getting tortured by women. And, uh, <laughs> You know. I just think you got a better half. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm definitely encouraging my audience to go out and check out The Cobbler. Yeah. Great. Not only we're doing a podcast, but I'm also going to write a column about you. And I'm going to send you a framed copy of it because I appreciate you joining me. But before you get out of here, yes, sir. I like to do a rapid fire segment called Gone in 60 Seconds. You ready to do this, Steve Madden? Okay, God, shoot. Yeah, that'd be great. How many pairs of shoes do you own? Four pairs. Yeah, I don't wear sneakers, okay? And I don't wear sneakers in the gym. I wear boots like I wore in prison or steel toe shoes. Music inspires your designs. Yes. Steve Madden would be the lead singer of what band? Oh, God. Oh, God. Maybe the Go-Go's. <laughs> <laughs> I love pop, pop music. I do. I love all kinds of music. I mean, I have on my pod, you know, my phone, I have uh, Marvin Gaye and I have Loretta Lynn, just to give you the... That's rain right there. Yeah. And I have Tammy Wynette, you know, and Teddy Pendergrass. So... Mm-hmm. Teddy, legendary. legendary. How yes. about your favorite New York sport, sports team... And favorite player of all time? My favorite player of all time is Earl the Pearl Monroe. He is my favorite player of all time. My favorite team now, me and my son, we are rabid Brooklyn Nets fans. A, a couple of more before I let you get out of here. Two more. Yeah. Favorite event you like to attend annual? I used to like to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I haven't gone in the last couple of years. If you didn't design shoes, Steve Madden, would be designing what? I would probably be designing pajamas. Yes, especially now after this year. I lived in my pajamas. You're not a businessman. You're a business. There it is. I love it. What fun. It was great. Thanks a lot. I'll see you at the finals. Okay, good. Take care. All right. Last, Last call. call. This week's last call 
is about the importance of forgiving yourself. Forgiveness is important to the healing process since it allows you to let go of the anger, guilt, shame, sadness, or any other feeling that you may be experiencing and move on. Once you identify what you're feeling, give a voice to it and accept that mistakes are inevitable. Take today's guest, Steve Madden. For example, he's not perfect and he's made some mistakes, but he's had to forgive himself first in order to prosper in his future. First step I take in forgiving myself is to acknowledge the mistake out loud. Say it with your chest. Next, I'm super mindful to catch myself when I'm being self-critical. Yeah, I'm a perfectionist, but don't beat yourself down. Then I like to think of each mistake as a learning experience. And always remember, forgive yourself, not because you deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.